on in, everybody. This is your Voice of One episode. It's a voo. It's episode 90 for Wednesday, March 31, year of our Lord, 2021. Yeah, hard to believe. <laughs> 90 episodes of the Voice of One. Yeah, that's 90 in the base 10 for those of you in the new math. Uh, yeah, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, nine times. That's 90. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, nine oh. So, uh, well, I guess to clarify, it's not actually nine oh. I mean, uh, you know, millennials, they're really literal people. Uh, so, no, it's not actually an O, it's a zero. It's nine zero, nine zero. So, Anyway, good to have all you guys on board. Uh, <laughs> hey, folks, it's uh, it's Holy Week. Holy Week continues and uh, Passover underway uh, for uh, those of uh, the Jewish faith. So it's good to have uh, everybody on board this week, especially Woody Come Be Here, your host, bringing you the Ever Given Blend of Coffee, Current Events, Faith, and FSU Sports. Yeah, Ever Given. Yeah, that was the name of the ship, that gigantic cargo ship that was blocking the Suez Canal. Did you see that? Gigantic ship blocked the Suez Com Canal, multiplied millions of dollars clicking away every second <laughs> in world trade. That thing is stuck there for days. Finally got it uh, unstuck the other day. Kind of curious, don't you think? Uh, Taiwanese, Taiwanese uh, registry ship, and uh, it was primarily, from a freight standpoint, uh, Chinese ships that were being blocked uh, from getting through the canal. So I thought that was interesting uh, how that worked. All right, folks. Uh, folks, the crackle, the crackle is back. Uh yeah, we thought we had been uh, rid of the crackle when HRC shuffled off the stage, but no. No, we have a we have a new and I think more irritating crackle. Don't you? I mean, it's uh this new crackle uh it may be more bizarre and grating than even the Hillary version. So I bring you this bit of crackle audio from Connecticut, where Kamala Harris spoke earlier this week, and I'm just bringing you a moment of her remarks uh, at that event. Uh, <laughs> take a listen. More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to bring their kids. <laughs> and said, we're not paying them nearly enough. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord. You're talking, about, you're talking about a woman who is so politically unpopular that she could not even make it to the first Democratic Party. She couldn't even get to 2% of the vote. And here she is representing America. Oh, my gosh. All right, folks, let's get to something uh, even less predictable than an unaided Biden victory. Um, 
Yeah, we're talking about the NCAA Final Four, the March Madness. It's mad. Your Final Four teams are set, Baylor, Houston, UCLA, and Gonzaga. And my guess is not many had those as the Final Four. But uh, most people believe all along that Gonzaga will win the championship, and I have to agree. I mean, they look as certainly the dominant team, so uh, we'll see if that, in fact, unfolds. Been a lot of upsets, but it's, it's hard to see them being upset. So uh, that's, that's your final four, uh, the semis on Saturday and the national championship on Monday night. Michigan Wolverines watching from home, uh, for which I have lost no sleep. All right, so folks, uh, coming back <laughs> coming back in just a minute with three segments, uh, Trump was right, Palm Sunday bombing, and fight for liberty. Three segments when we come back. Hang on just for a moment. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everybody. Segment number one, Trump was right. Now, of course, that's no news to you. Of course, <laughs> of course he was of course he was right. But I'm specifically talking about how he was right about tariffs on China. Now, remember um, when, when Trump put the tariffs on China, about $370 billion worth of uh, products had uh, tariffs slapped on them. And so, um, yeah, the, the mainstream media, they just whined and they cried and they, they brought on the experts and just night after night, oh, the farmers, the poor. Oh, the poor farmers. Let's, let's interview a farmer. The farmers are just being destroyed. I mean, and prices are going to soar, and and the, it's the whole thing is bad for the economy, and just uh, the horror of it all, night after night, the evil tariffs, and uh, such an absolute international economy rookie and buffoon. This Trump guy is. He just doesn't understand how globalism works and trade partners and all of this. And uh, then just wringing their hands night after night. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have the new administration, the Harris Biden administration in town now. And what are they going to do? Well, <laughs> I bring you this from The Hill. That's right, thehill.com. Here's the headline, U.S. won't quickly lift Trump tariffs on China. <laughs> Story by Niv Ellis. Here's what uh, Niv wrote. It says the United States will maintain former President Trump's tariffs on, Ch <laughs> on Chinese imports in the near term, according to U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai. Now, why, according to Ms. Tai? Well, it happens to say right in this article why she's come to that conclusion. Quote, no negotiator walks away from leverage, right? Catherine Tai told the Wall Street Journal, indicating the import taxes would likely remain in place until certain trade issues with China are settled. Ah, let me say that one more time. No negotiator walks away from leverage, right? Oh, oh, you mean you mean Trump knew how to negotiate? You mean you mean Trump knew how to create leverage that favored him? 
Oh, 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 oh. Oh, you mean these people who served in the Obama administration and just gave away the farm now have seen, oh, wait a second, that guy Trump actually gave us leverage in our negotiation with China. Amazing how that works. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, Trump was right. It's just interesting to me how now that the persona of Trump himself is off the stage, now that the media cannot feast on their daily obsession of blasting Trump personally over anything and everything, whatever today's attack script happens to be, now that he's off the stage for a moment, it's almost like it's the first time that the mainstream media has actually looked at and acknowledged his policies. Not attached to him personally so that they don't have to be attacked just because it was a Trump thing. They don't have to attack it. They can actually just look at it in a neutral sense. And for the first time, it's like they're like, well, wait a second, that actually was a pretty good idea. We attacked it just because Trump said it. We attacked it just because Trump did it. We attacked it just because Trump advocated it. We attacked it just because it was Trump's idea. But now that he's away, we actually see it was actually a, it was actually a good idea. It was a good action. It was a good suggestion. It was a good initiative. Oh, man. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Trump, his policy on China, affirmed <laughs> by the Biden administration as they realize they now have leverage that the Obama administration never had. Now, that brings me to the second, uh, the second topic tonight, and that is a sad topic, and it's the Palm Sunday bombing. Now, I don't know if you heard about this. You might have missed it. But on Palm Sunday, there was a bombing of a church. This, this happened in Indonesia on Palm Sunday. And a young, recently married couple was killed in the blast. Now, it turns out that the young, recently married couple were, in fact, the suicide bombers. Yeah, and they hated Christians so much that they killed themselves in order to injure or kill some Christians in a church on Palm Sunday. And so here is, uh, here's part of the story that I bring you from, uh, from Breitbart.com. It says, Indonesia identifies Palm Sunday bombers as Islamic State newlyweds. And this is by uh, John Hayward on the 29th. It says, Indonesian police said on Monday that the perpetrators of the Palm Sunday suicide bombing attack on a cathedral in Makassar were a married couple that belonged to an extremist group allied with the Islamist state. The bombers were the only fatalities in the attack, which injured about 20 people. The attack was carried out Sunday by two bombers, who tried to enter the church grounds on a motorcycle as Palm Sunday Mass was conducted at 10.30 a.m. local time. After security guards tackled the male terrorist, 
The pressure cooker bomb they carried was detonated, killing both terrorists and injuring about 20 people, including the security guards. Officials said 15 victims were still hospitalized on Monday. Security camera footage caught the explosion at the entrance of the church. A very sad thing. And make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, whether it is militant, atheist, secularists, left-wing, woke extremists, Marxist, socialist, communist, or Islamists, in their minds, every one of them that I just named, in their minds, the final and ultimate target is the Bible-believing church of Jesus Christ. (laughs) The church is the one impediment to their global design, their global agenda. And make no mistake about it. So uh, it is a sad thing about which we need to uh, pray and be prepared and be alert uh, because uh, there's evil in this world. So, um, folks, I'm going to come right back. Uh, I have one last segment I want to talk about just for a moment, uh, and it's, it's, fight for, it's called Fight for Liberty. Fight for Liberty. Okay, so uh, hang on. I'll be right back. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Segment number three, Fight for Liberty. Now, folks, around the world, there is an alarming and aggressive move by totalitarian movements and forces and governments to seize this moment for power. It's all about power. Now, what I mean by this moment is this year-long moment of coronavirus and the economic impact and the social impact and the license that is it has given to governments to use draconian measures that typically have not been seen, uh, especially around the entire world at the same time. And so there's a this is a moment, and and so it's 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 actually a moment of transition. It's actually a moment of shifting that's happening right now in our globe. So those that are on the totalitarian authoritarian side of things are doing their best to use this moment to seize control. Now, when we look to Asia, we can see that Hong Kong has pretty much fallen. Uh, They fought for their independence. They did all they could, but Beijing has moved in and pretty much crushed that student-led and, uh, and, uh, I would say, Christian-informed, Trump-allied student movement. Uh, It's pretty pretty much been crushed by Beijing. And I do think that the Trump administration could have been stronger uh, in their support. But there's absolutely no hope of support with the Harris-Biden administration at the helm. So, uh, meanwhile, China itself, they're encroaching on India. And now they're threatening to build yet another artificial island in the South China Sea shipping lane. And daily, China is flying warplanes over Taiwan. So, communist China is on the move. 
And I honestly think that only Donald J. Trump saw in a clear-eyed way the threat of China. And I don't think there's any hope that the current administration will see it uh, in, in such a clear way. But I also want to bring you stories from other places uh, in, the, in the Southeast Asia uh, world. I bring you this from Reuters. It says, uh, uh, Myanmar death toll tops 500 as protesters defy junta forces. This is by the uh, Reuters staff yesterday, no, on the 29th. And it says Myanmar security forces have killed at least 510 civilians in nearly two months of efforts uh, efforts to stop protest against February 1 coup. An advocacy group said on Monday, as thousands of people took to the streets again despite the growing toll. And so... Uh, it says the White House has condemned the killings as abhorrent uh, use of uh, lethal force and renewed a call for the restoration of democracy. Uh, the UN Secretary General uh, urged Myanmar's generals to stop the killing and repression uh, of the demonstrators. So the net net is they had a military coup there, and uh, the the people are are coming out in protest saying, no, we want liberty. We don't, we don't want the military authoritarian control. And they're just shooting them in the streets. Meanwhile, nearby, I bring you this from the Bangkok Post, just in case you're not reading the Bangkok Post on a da daily basis. Uh, I bring you this from the, <laughs> from the Bangkok Post. Uh, this also on the 29th, it says, anti-government protesters defy police threat of arrest. Hundreds of anti-government protesters gathered on Monday in defiance of a threat by police to make more arrests a day after nearly 100 demonstrators were detained for breaching public health measures against coronavirus. Demonstrators demanded the release of jailed activists, raising prospects for another confrontation between police and protesters who are calling for an end to, wait for it, military dominance of politics and reform of the powerful monarchy. So uh, it's there's a desire for liberty. There's just a desire for liberty. And uh, here, here's the fact. Uh, it's, a, it's an important one to remember on Holy Week. And that is in God's Word. Uh, God's Word tells us that it is for liberty that God has set us free. Liberty is God's idea. Spiritual liberty, political liberty... That's God's idea. And so we need to pray and act in ways that support our God-given right to liberty. And if we live in a place where we already have enshrined those liberties, we cannot let them slip away. So we have to pray and act and vote <laughs> in ways that support our liberty. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on Good Friday for VU 91.